Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mingry Nation podcast, and uh, we'll play the sad <laughs> fight song. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you <laughs> practice that today? Uh, no, I mean, I, I just, I, I did do it. I was kind of <laughs> just doing it. I was like, I should record this and do it for the show. So there you go. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> I didn't play it live. No, I didn't do that. It would require a lot of setup that I don't, I don't have. Right but I did it's it. going to be a good drop, I think, this episode. Yeah, the sad fight song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to put it in a nutshell, and we're here, with, as usual, Mr. Aldo Vina's Mingry Nation podcast. Uh, I think this is 144. Uh, we got blown out, right? Again. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one again. Seth Luttrell leads, uh, you know, the uh, Mean Green to a bowl game, and they get blown out by a team that is far superior and maybe shouldn't be. I mean, is it a silver lining to say we kind of expected this? Uh, I mean, it's a something, you know, like uh, North Texas. Uh, North Texas is um, not that good. That's all there is to say about it. I, like, I, I wasn't disappointed by anything. Uh, you know, like I, I expected to lose this one big. I think I wrote it in the thing. Like, hey, an Appalachian State uh, game looks like this. Uh, Appalachian State win looks like this. Um, they're going to run for like 300 yards. They're going to blow us out. They take advantage of our turnovers, and that's going to be it, right? That's what happened. I didn't expect 500 yards rushing, but that's kind of what it was, right? Uh, it was just the way that it was embarrassing. So to answer your question, uh, I suppose that's a, that's a silver lining, right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect us to win or come close to sniffing a win. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty embarrassing how, how many rushing yards we allowed. I mean, three of those, four of the carries uh, made about made up for over half of those rushing yards. Um, so there's something <laughs> there. Obviously, it's it's terrible that, that we allowed the same play to happen over and over again to, to, to make those four carries be over 270-something yards. It reminded me a lot of that Portland State game. Right, and I'll I'll bring up that game that shall not be named, only to say b- because it um it was very similar. And like you see it happening, you're like, this shouldn't be happening. This is embarrassing that it's happening. But I'm looking at it, and it is happening. The uh, was it Marcus Williams Jr. ran 79 yards for a touchdown, and you know he got called back. Fortunate. Uh, well, the, I think the actual penalty was like the guy's blocking too hard, you know. Uh, he kept <laughs> blocking him out of bounds, and they're like, "That's just too much blocking. You can't block that much. Blocking him too well." Um, and so they called it back. All right, okay. The very next play, his backup runs for seventy-six yards. He basically does the same thing. It was the same play, and I don't know that there's anything more embarrassing to a defense, right, than them saying, uh. That same play that we just hit a home run on, we're gonna do it again, and you cannot stop us. You, I, they, they could have told him, "Hey, look, we're gonna run this play right here. It's gonna go right here. I'm gonna get the ball. I'm gonna go by you, and I'm gonna go score." Um, because they, they just basically did that. 
You give up one 60-yard run. Okay. It happens, right? Mistake, bad gap. Where were you? Oh, I thought he was here. The, whatever. It happens. One, two, three. Four of them. Even though one got called back, right? Four of them in the same game. What are you doing? What are you doing? Mean, yeah. Uh, to say it's, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I think we've we've tried to be positive about the defense throughout the season, hoping to see some glimmer of improvement. And I think we saw that from between the first half, you know, we had the COVID break and in the second half, we saw some cleanup of, of some mental mistakes, some mental breakdowns on actual X's and O's on the field. And then we started to see other like more fundamental, um, the guys were just getting too excited. We were missing that. And then it just started getting bad again. Uh, so to be where we are, to, to allow being where we are, meaning the end of the season and in, in a bowl game, and allowing this, those same kind of just bad mistakes after one full year, we can we can blame COVID all we want, but we've had <laughs> a, enough games. Seventy six yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, but we've had all season to to watch tape, uh, play other teams, be in a spot where we don't allow these kinds of breakdowns and coverage. I mean, this is FCS FCS level bad. The way we got beaten out. You know, we were blown out the way we blow out FCS teams. So there's no excuses to be given here. And there's big question marks going into next season on on what our expectations are with this team. And and we're only talking about the, the defense right now. We're not even touching on the on the offense. Because I think that, that – all right, look, we'll just lay it out again, right? The defense is awful. It is the worst in the nation, and you can't do anything with the worst in anything, right? Like mid, mid-level, mid the 50th-ranked defense, the you know 100th-ranked defense I think would be you know sufficient to get a win or two or at least not get embarrassed on national TV um, because they've had that, right, last couple seasons. Uh, I wrote this. Uh, I tweeted it, and then I wrote it in a recap that uh, Seth Luttrell fired Troy Reffert uh, for basically giving up a lot of plays um, and a lot of yards and, and, you know, this, that, and the other. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Well, this team uh, gives up 100 more yards per game. Um, they give up 60 more yards per game in the run game, uh, and they get outscored, uh, what was it, like by 10 or something like that, more points. Like They've gotten worse in, in pretty much every category that you can count. They've gotten worse on defense. And um, I was not expecting that at all. I I didn't. I I thought okay, there's going to be an adjustment. Okay, a game or two. Um, there's going to be some experience, you know, happening at various position groups, and there's going to be COVID that kind of compounds that issue. But we should see a general trend trend towards the better. Uh, we thought maybe we're seeing a little bit of that once the Murphy twins got to the defensive line and they were wreaking havoc. They were like, okay. It's going to be better, maybe with the occasional drop-off, but um, this was awful. Uh, the, the way they played La Tech was awful. And even the way that they let UTEP, which is terrible, move the ball so well, that was awful. Um, I think there's talent on the defense. I think pretty much anybody who observes this team says, well, there's a, that guy, this guy, that guy. A lot of talent there. Uh, I like Upton Stout, um, you know, the cornerback. Uh, I like... You know, the Davis guys, they, they didn't play. Uh, there's not a whole lot of they're just so bad. I don't know. Um, I was looking at, like, well, who's getting paid to do this, right? And you look, and that's 
Seth Luttrell, number one, because he's ultimately responsible. And then two is Clint Bowen, the defensive coordinator. And um, I was getting a little annoyed. I don't know if you heard this because uh, I know you, you were kind of late to it. But yet again, they're doing their, you know, Clint Bowen talks to the broadcast team. And they were trying to talk about it and defend it. Like, wow, we were taken aback but by his candid, uh, yeah, his, his uh, candid responses. You know, he's open and honest talking about what happened. Um, and as he was saying this, they were allowing a 70-yard run. Uh, so they were just like, oh, hold on, uh, Mike, we got it. Um, you know, he's like, oh, we just had it so rough. You know, one time we're there and the, all the linebackers got taken off the field and I was, what was me? Uh, and he's really getting to spin his tail. But I think the other thing <laughs> that is evident, right, is like, hey, you know, <laughs> if you're if you're a janitor and then you walk in, you're like, man, it's dirty in here. This floor is dirty, whatever. You're like, oh, you don't know my broom, somebody took it. But yeah, like, okay, <laughs> all right, cool. But then I came in the next week. You're like, oh, you, you don't understand. Sometimes it's hard. The light, what? I'm like, man, your job is to clean this floor, right? And it's never clean when I come in here. It's actually dirty er than I expected it, right? I fired yeah, we the fired the last guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's gotten more dirty. Uh, so I feel like it's that, right? You, I I can accept a certain amount of excuses. I didn't expect the best defense in the nation in this one. I didn't expect it to be easy, but you watch some of that and you got it. You say like, um, okay, did the guys just stop trying? In which case that's the coach coach's fault, right? It's a motivating thing. Uh, do the guys not know what they're doing? Well, in which case that's the coach's fault because you got to coach them, teach them. Um, did the guys just, uh, give up, you know, I don't know. in that play on this coach, and that, in which case, it's your fault. You're the coach. Um, you know, you have to keep them doing it. I, I don't like the whole, well, it's the players. They got to do whatever. The whole reason we're hiring a coach is so that way you can unify the players, right? They don't get paid to coach and lead the team and give the instruction and watch tape and, and call the, the plays. You do as a defensive coordinator. So do it better or get out the way, right? Um because it's bad. It's not fun to watch. Uh, nobody's excited about it. Me, you, other players, uh, like former players are watching it. They're like, what? <laughs> what is this? How are we getting beat so bad? So, uh, And then you, you hear like the reviews of the guy, like his motivating style isn't so great either, right? Um, yeah. yeah, and, you know, like you, you were touching upon, how do we go? I liked Refit and, and, you know, I, I would – come up to bat for him but he ultimately led to a lot of losses because of you know letting up on third downs and things like that okay we'll move on to the next guy and you don't expect things to get any worse as bad as they were they weren't terrible you know they weren't awful but they were below expectations understandable but but the drop-off was so unexpected it's not like we changed to a, a completely different system it's a it's still pretty similar to the 335 i mean mix it up a little bit but we've got guys running the same thing and like you said it's not a talent thing you know it's you just got guys either they're minting uh, making mental mistakes uh they're just out of position or they're not taught how to you know defend soft coverage uh, follow the, the right guys you got guys keep getting two guys getting baited by one uh, uh, guy on offense and letting another guy run free. It's it's elementary stuff when you're talking about defense. You know, it's stuff that that they should be getting taught through the film room, through through just uh, learning the plays, watching the keys. 
and so, yeah, I think it all goes back to the coach. Yeah, and I guess let me let me just make a note here, right? Uh, when I say um, it's not the talent, uh, I'm not saying well, you know, we got a bunch of first round draft picks out here, and he's you know he's doing bad with them. Uh, I'm saying like I don't think the talent that this team has is as bad as the worst defense in the nation, right? I don't think. It's yeah, that yeah, bad. I agree. And um, you know, so I remember. I think I, I tweeted. I was like, I remember last time I remember North Texas getting beat like this was in 2015, where it looked like the defense was just getting blown off the ball. Like guys are just, it looked very bad. And then you looked up and down the roster, and you're like, I don't know how anybody makes this team, you know, makes it better if these were the guys doing it. Um, there were some signs and some things. And uh, the next year, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Seth Luttrell's first season they all of a sudden didn't look so bad, right? They're like the same guys, same defensive tackles, and you're just like, well, were they just giving up? Uh, and, like, you know, I always I held the theory then that the offense was so bad that the defense was like, you know, we're going to get the ball even if we intercept it and put it down at the one. The offense is so bad that they'd find a way to turn the ball over and we'd be right back out here in defense. And so it was a little bit of a motivation. Like nobody really cared, whatever. And whether or not they should, and you should have the greatest morals, whatever, right? I don't care. Um, I I just thought like basically they're not playing as well as they can, and that was proven, right? In 2016, they were markedly better. They were not, you know, amazing, but they were definitely better than what they were. Uh, some of that was an infusion of talent. It was a new coach, this, that, and the other. All that was good. A lot of the same players though, and I feel like that it's very similar. Last season in Refit's first uh, year. I thought the cornerback situation was weak, weaker than it had been. Uh, you know, we had Keemon Hall, we had Nate Brooks out there. Those guys were really good. And I don't think they got a lot of credit. I've mentioned it a bunch of times, like the way they played. We basically said, uh, corner's on island, and we're going to bring pressure. And when that when that messes up, when the corner falls down and it's over, and you're like, what kind of defense is this? This is awful. It's an aggressive defense. It's what they wanted. Um, so... You know, I thought the mistakes we saw last year were like, well, corners getting beat or pressure's not getting to there. Like, I'd like to see the, these Murphy kids in last year's defense because I think it would, everybody would just look a lot better. And um, uh, again, fast forward to this season. I think everybody's regressed. I think we've we're still missing some talent in the defense and the, especially the defensive secondary. And whether or not that's due to COVID or you know practice time or uh, what is. Clint Bowen said that the Murphy Twins are just bad practice players. I don't know, right? Obviously, I'm not there. Uh, I'm not looking at practice film. But I suspect that these players are not as bad as they're showing. Um, and, you know, they got to change it up. Whether that's, hey, read a book and figure out a new way of coaching, a new way of motivating, uh, a new scheme. I don't know. But you got to do it. Or Seth Luttrell give him his pink slip, right, and say, we're going to get a new guy in here, uh, third coordinator in three years. Um, I don't know. But it has to improve because you can't win anything with the worst defense in the nation. Uh, it overshadowed a lot of what the offense did this season. Um, and I wonder if, you know, like the record looks a lot different. I certainly didn't expect this defense to look as bad as it did. Um 
And I mean, I don't know. Like it's the glaring weakness. Like five hundred yards, five hundred effing yards, <laughs> just well, uh, on the ground. Yeah, the, the dude uh, ran for like two ninety eight nine. Was it Cameron Peoples? Uh, I, I was, you know, uh, looking at uh, the you know, as a note. Jalen Darden won conference USA MVP this this week or today or whatever it was, and people were talking about the records. Um, and then I saw the little blurb with the uh, that came along with Sincere McCormick's uh, announcement as the Offensive Player of the Year, uh, and it's deserved and whatever. But he put up 251 against North Texas, and it reminded me that I wanted to go back a little off-season project and find everybody who had a career game against North Texas this season. I suspect it's everybody, everybody that played. <laughs> we got you your career <laughs> number today. <laughs> That that was my next talking point. Exactly that. That you know, when you think about um, you know bad games, other teams having uh, a career day against North Texas, you'll think about like one one game maybe per year, or maybe every other year. Like I'm thinking uh, playing against La Tech a few years ago. The running back, uh, yeah, he I think ran he went like to six touchdowns. Yeah, I, I know you're talking. Yeah, about that. went to the Ravens, and then this year you think about every single game. Frank Gore Jr., Cincy yeah. McCormick. Uh, peoples and um, you've got guys running all over UNT this year, and it's 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 a bad feeling. So two things I'm gonna track, and I'll, I'll mark it down right here. I set it at the 17 minute mark. Um, the personal highs. I know definitely Cameron Peoples had a, had a career record. He's like 299, five touchdowns, right? Um, and then I, th- I think you broke 300. Did he get 300? I, I, you know, you yeah, must have right. stopped listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably just blocked it out. Um, Sincere McCormick definitely had 251. That was a record. And he had like three or four scores, right? I don't know. I'm, I'll look this up. And then I want to see the season highs for everybody. And then maybe even a program record because I'm pretty sure we set at least – a lot of one team set at least one. Maybe like Charlotte or something. Um, but I definitely know that Peebles, McCormick, and uh, – I want to say Frank Gore, but that's kind of cheating because that was just like the start of his career. Uh, so like it's the first game and you know whatever he's gonna get, but it definitely was his best game uh, up to that point. And um, I mean, we can't be that team, right? We can't. You can't look at the schedule. Everybody has that team on the schedule. That says, uh, all right, this is the one where we go off. Backup quarterback's gonna get some reps. Uh, you know. Get the <laughs> dust off the old program record book because we're gonna change some things, right? Who's who's the closest to a thousand yards? Let's let's feed him. Yeah, I, we gave that the dude. He was at eight hundred and something, and he went way over a thousand. I mean, it wasn't like close. He's like, he has to have a good game. Yeah, he he killed it. Um, so if, if we haven't even talked about the rest of the bowl game because there was it just really overshadowed, right? That series there, I wrote about it. Um, go go read about it. Um. On the site, where it was basically, we're okay. If I just sum it up right now, we're okay in a decent spot, kind of hurting ourselves. And then all of a sudden, we allow a 64 or a 70 yard run touchdown, right? With like two minutes left. Like, okay, cool, fine. We drive down, and then uh, I think we either scored or he kicked a field goal. And we're like, okay, that's, that's fine. It was a close one. Luckily, there's only 33 seconds left. Uh, you know, we missed that long field goal, but. You know, whatever. They try to run out the clock, but they score a touchdown. You know, what? I, I tweeted like, what the, I, I what went, the F? 
I, I went to get a glass of water <laughs> and didn't realize what happened. You come back like, hey, what? Uh, yeah, the uh, I saw the Mean Green Game Day. I don't know who runs that account, but it's probably just like a, a freshman or something like that. But they were like, oh, yeah, um, Appalachian State returns it, <laughs> returns the kickoff 64 yards. Like, no, uh, it wasn't the kickoff, man. <laughs> Uh, two plays, 136 yards, two touchdowns for Appalachian State. Uh, you know, it took the drive took as long as the guy to run from his spot to the end zone. That was that was the time of possession. It, and then there was another one later on. There were some small glimpses of quality defense in there, right? I think, right? I was tweeting about. It, I was like, "Wow, that was a good stop. That was a good play. Up to the south, made a good play there. Um, quality here and there, but." Appalachian State, when they kind of got going, they did whatever they wanted. North Texas struggled to move the ball at times, and that's understandable considering they were without Deontay Simpson and, um, you know, Jalen Darden, right, uh, the Conference USA MVP. Uh, congratulations to that guy, by the way. Um, it was about as expected, like like we said just a second ago. And, um, I mean, outside of that questionable late hit, did you think that was a targeting call? Uh, w- watching it live, it felt like it was because he had his uh, arms up and he di- he dove down towards Jason Bean, and Jason Bean had already uh, given himself up. Yeah. And so I thought I thought it was I don't I didn't think it was borderline. I thought it was it was pretty egregious. See, I know Ab State is yeah nobody. I think I saw this with Marshall or something like that. Watching like the Marshall fans react to it, and they were just like, not not the game, but just uh, their game with with App State, uh, and then like Charlotte was saying the same thing because like Charlotte's played them two years in a row. Everybody kept saying they're just so, uh, you know, not classy, and they are just cheap shot artists. Everybody says that about App State, like they're cheap, they uh, they take shots like that. So I'm inclined to believe that. It looked to me like a bang bang kind of play, like Bean slipped, he started falling, so the guy started diving low. Uh, but I don't know, whatever. Uh, I think that's why they didn't rule it as a targeting, and and I'm fine with it just mostly because uh, I I definitely was like, it was not clear cut to me. But um, whatever. You're not a real fan. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I thought it was kind of crazy that Casey Martin steps up, was like, oh, uh, touchdown. Okay, I'm gonna go back to the bench. <laughs> go sit down. Start tweeting it, again. It, it was thrown behind. Uh, who caught it? Um, Lorenzo Thompson. It was a little bit behind him. Was it Thompson? I think it was. Anyway, uh, it was a little bit behind him, but but he was he managed to catch it. Um, Macon was driving me crazy today, even though he he had seven receptions for 131 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but he he made a, a a few drops that I felt like he could have had a bigger game. Yeah, that's the deal with him. Um... He's been dropping a lot. Deontay Simpson's been dropping a lot. Even Jalen Darden has been dropping some passes. Uh, Roderick Burns showed some things in this one, uh, but he was kind of benched because he was dropping some things also. Um, but he played well. I thought, uh, you know, Lorenzo Thompson played well. Um, there's another guy uh, that got some run besides Ogan Macon, I thought. Well, Jason Pirtle caught a bunch. Um, yeah, they were really targeting him. Um, he was getting open over the middle. Yeah, I, Looking, looking forward a little bit, right? Let's, let's, let's segue into the future because I don't really want – I don't know that we got too much out of this game other than frustration. Um, well, okay. I'll say one last thing sure. before we move on to the future is mm-hmm. that um, I feel like the – you know, we're saying that 
the outcome was what was expected. But I feel like the offense did outperform what I thought they they would do. They they had almost nearly 500 yards of total offense. Um, Appalachian State is a tough defense, one of the one of the better defenses in the nation, uh, top like 20 in in some categories, and um, so I didn't expect us to be able to score and move on them as much as we did. So kudos to the offense to be able to do that. Uh, being able to put together some some really good good drives, especially in the first half, yeah. Uh, before the bottom fell out, so I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I, maybe we can just kind of uh, expand on that just a little bit. Yeah, they did play well. Um, I didn't. I wasn't so high on Appalachian State's defense, like in terms of numbers, because they played a lot of teams that were terrible. Um, I think Louisiana. Um, you know who else did they play that was good? Um, Coastal Carolina. Uh, they played some tough games, and in those, you know, that that was kind of it. But just looking at it, number to number, I was like, I think North Texas is just a really good offense, and so I think I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if North Texas moves the ball. Although we saw North Texas struggle when they played like a Rice, uh, when they played Tech a little bit, and when they played UTSA. UTSA was like the worst game, and you know, I, I thought how much of that was North Texas just struggling. Uh, you know, with their own game and how much it was the what the defense did to them. I thought UTSA did a good job anticipating a lot of things. Uh, I thought they scouted us well and they were ready for a lot of that stuff. I thought obviously against like Louisiana Tech, we hurt ourselves, right? Like run five times into the line. Like, well, you don't get a fifth down, um, <laughs> but let's do it again. Um, I thought that was a little annoying and we kind of hurt ourselves that way. So I, I agree with you. Offense played well, and so. To take that and to segue into the future, I like. I, I think it, it tells me that we have a deep wide receiver core. We, we thought so. I've written about it. I think in the preview I mentioned it. Like we're basically going to get a preview of what's happening next year. The top three receivers next year are going to be Jair Shorter, who was a problem, as they say. Uh, you know, he's a big. He's a big target. Um, you know, gets he's fast too. Gets down the field. And scores touchdowns, right? Against we saw against Charlotte last season where he had three catches, three touchdowns, basically. And um, so it's gonna be Jair Shorter, Deontay Simpson, who's a burner, um, but also has like you know a little wiggle. You can throw it to him short, and he'll dance around and get going. And we saw what Ogunmakin can do in this one, right? Yeah, all, absolutely beating these guys. Yeah, I, I, all season, no matter who it was, whether it was Darden. Uh, shorter in the brief time he was out there. Simpson, Ogan Macon, even Greg White. Anytime that anybody was out there, they were getting behind their defenders. And I thought that was good. So I, I was like, you know what? We played good corners all season, and um, they beat them, right? It was never a case of whether or not we could get open. Guys were getting open. It was whether or not we could hit them, hit them on time, hit them in stride, and whether that they would catch the ball. Um, so, <laughs> like you said, everybody learn to catch the ball, <laughs> uh, and I think we'll be great. Yeah, um, you know, I think our our best lineup ever with Latrell was with when we had Guyton, um, uh, Bussy, and and Darden all on the field at the same time. But you know, those three guys are all NFL caliber receivers. Um, but with Ogan making um, out there looking awesome, uh, like you said, Shorter's going to be back. He's been looking great, and um, Lorenzo Thompson looking awesome. Uh, you know, we've, we're going to, and Deontay Simpson, it's going to be a, a, a deep core. 
Uh, we may not have one guy unless unless one of those guys makes that leap. Uh, you know, if Ogumekin and all and all these guys, I feel I felt like I raved about him. Like, oh yeah, he's my favorite. Oh yeah, he's my favorite. Oh yeah, he's my favorite. Um, unless one of them makes that leap, like Ogumekin made during uh, this bowl game, uh, I don't know who is going to be the top dog going forward. But that's okay. You know, we we have a system that will feed, that can feed any one of these guys um, on any of these games. And with the potential that they've got, you're just being able to beat a guy, give, giving yourself an opportunity to to make the catch. Um, you know, as many drops as Okamakin had, he still had seven receptions for 131 yards. Yeah, yeah I think uh, if we re- remember back, uh, I think, uh, was it Bussy showed out in the bowl game, right, in 2016 against Army in the, in the Heart of Dallas Bowl. And then he came back. We were like, this is going to be the guy. We got Guyton out there. We were like, well, okay, we don't know what he's going to do. And then Guyton just exploded, right? I think he had like 243 or something like that against uh, USM. It just was completely unguardable. And so then they were like, okay, we're going to definitely shut down this guy and let everybody else beat us. And they're like, all right, cool. Everybody else beat him. Um, I think Mike Lawrence ended up like the leading receiver that season. And he came on late just because he was open. You're like, we got a double bussy. We got a double Guyton, and then Mike Lawrence just kind of went to town there. Um, yeah, I, I agree that that's – I mean, that's the nature of it, right? You make everybody dangerous. Um, in a good offense, you spread the ball around and make you know make everybody uh, a threat. So I like it. I, I think that's that's the aspect of the Seth Luttrell regime that has been amazing. Um, that first year, right, even after – like, well, what was it? Like Willie – Willie Robinson, right, I think it was. And there was that kid that was pretty good, but he ended up getting kicked off the team. Uh, he looked like he was going to be talented. Um, there was just, like, some guys there. I think there was a was a Thompson dude. He was, like, a, a, a holdover. Um, they turned in um, – I forget his name all the time. Turner, is it Turner? Turner Smiley. Turner Smiley, yeah. Um, Turner Smiley, who was kind of that – he's been dropping all the time. He has talent. He's, he has speed, but he, he's not the guy. He's not the guy we expected him to be. They turned him into a, a like a, a real threat, right? He was like dominating towards the end, just catching a bunch of like long TD passes. Um, I think North Texas offense and the current staff and South Latrell in particular, because a lot of those guys are have moved on. They know how to get a guy and develop him. Um, I'd like to see like Maynard, right? He's been a receivers coach for a long time. I'd like to see another kind of uh, uh, Joel Falani kind of dude here, right? Somebody that's been a really good outside receiver and can teach him some of the finer points. Um, I think that would kind of take him to the next level maybe. Uh, maybe everybody making those catches that they're not making right now. Uh, there's a lot of body catching. Uh, I think who does that the most? Deontay Drives me crazy. Yeah. Uh, Ogan making caught with his hands, turned it up the field. Uh, I think he tweeted at Jalen Darden and said, like, you know, I stayed down like you told me to do it and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, a lot of technique there that I think can be given to them by a really good receivers coach. Uh, and, you know, I don't know that they have that right now. Well, whatever. Really good. A lot of talent. I'm excited about it. Top three receivers next year. Shorter, who's uh, who's really good. Uh, Deontay Simpson outside. Ogan making somewhere in there. Uh, and then behind them, you have, you know, Roderick Burns, uh, Lorenzo Thompson, if he does anything, you know, if he's going to stay a receiver. Uh, who was the other guy? I think Greg White still has some eligibility left, and he's he's kind of a he's been disappointing in his time. He hasn't got as much playing time, but 
you can see why there's a lot of talent in front of him. So it's not like, well, you play out here just because, you know, we need anybody. Like it was mm-hmm. the first year. There's, there's a lot of talent in front of him. Well, and he came in, I, I believe, with Darden, like same day, um, just like a, a last minute add on. Yeah. Uh, and he's a junior this year, a redshirt junior, because uh, Dar- Darden played played immediately. Yeah. yeah, he only got eight receptions, so I don't know what happened there. If he got hurt and just dropped off the map, um, but yeah, typically uh, with you know starting with with um, Latrell's first year, and you're thinking of T. Goree, the guy that got kicked off the team. I'm not even uh, thinking about him. There was another guy before him, but yes, uh, T. Goree huh. was good too. Willie Robinson, Tyler Wilson, Tyler Wilson, Tyler Wilson. That's what. It is. Yeah, he was okay. like a kick returner too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, we had about uh, four guys with over 300 yards receiving, and then the following year, when we're really turning it on, you know, four guys above 600 receiving, and then 2018, we've got four guys over 400. Next year, three guys over 400, and this year, two guys over 400, uh, 500. But but I think this this year was just dominated so much by Darden that didn't give anybody else the opportunity, which which is fine. Um, we still had, you know, 16 different players catching passes this year, and that included uh, receivers, tight ends, and um, Lorenzo Thompson, a defensive back, and uh, running backs. So, yes, um, this offense can turn, uh, um, well, average guys into star players, but uh, the benefit of our team is that we've got really good guys playing, uh, guys that are fast, uh, and like you, you've been been talking about, we just need to work on some of our technique in order to really turn turn the corner, and also quarterbacks that are gonna hit him in the hands or in stride, I should say. The combined play of the quarterbacks uh, would be league MVP, uh, or at least offensive player of the year, or at least quarterback of the year, or whatever it was that uh, uh, that Grant Wells won. He he threw eighteen. Um, what is, uh, Bean threw like 15 and Ani threw like 16 or something like that. 14 so, and 13 respectively. Yeah. So that combined it's 27 scores, right? Um, and then, you know, like you said, I, uh, Darden had 19 of those. I think another aspect to consider here, right, is, uh, I think Bussy had 12 in his second season and then Darden had 12 last year and then he had 19 this year. Like we've had at least one guy get double-digit touchdown receptions uh, in the last three seasons, and I forget the ones before that. Um, you know, maybe you could look those up too. Uh, yeah, before that it was Guyton with nine. That was the the top one, uh, and then before that the next guy was uh, a five-way tie, six-way tie with two touchdowns <laughs> for player in 2016. Yeah, and that was that was kind of a struggle year, right? I think the offense was actually bad that year, uh, and I think I wrote about it. 2017 was the year it just kind of all came together. We saw it in that bowl game against Army where we're like, this is what it's supposed to look like. You know, like, here's the short stuff, here's the deep stuff, and just finding guys. Um, you know, I think last year we could see a little bit, a lot of drops. Uh, this year um, it just kind of came together a little bit more. Uh, and I, let, now let's segue into the recruiting part. We talked about receivers, right? Those are the existing guys. Guys are on the team. Uh, Shorter, Deontay Simpson, uh, Austin Ogunmakin, and then, you know, behind them, Burns, Lorenzo Thompson, uh, Greg White, uh, you know, basically whoever else is, is on the roster. They signed 
Juco three star out of Houston, six foot one eighty two, Bryson Jackson. He's a former TCU player. You went to Blinn College. Uh he looks good, shifty. He's kinda another guy that can uh get deep. It looks like he can get behind the defense. Um, you know, he'll get an opportunity, he'll get a chance to compete. Uh, but the number one dude, Caleb Johnson, he's a three-star guy, the best, best recruit in, in North Texas history in the uh, recruiting service era. Uh, he was the big surprise. Uh, they were like, a, you know, the, all the recruiting guys were uh, for North Texas. Uh, was it Maddie and uh, was it Luke Valerius, that guy, man? Like, you guys ready for a surprise? Uh, we're like, yeah, I mean, we're ready. And... Uh, it was this guy, Caleb Johnson, who had like an offer out of, uh, for Oklahoma. He was offered by Alabama. They all wanted to turn him into a defensive back, and I think I couldn't get confirmation on this, but I, it seems pretty obvious that they were like, uh, "Yeah, you can play receiver here." And then he also looked, "Hey, nineteen touchdowns. I could be that guy. Uh, nineteen, twelve, <laughs> like you said, nine, and then the Bussy had twelve. Uh, I see Guyton in the NFL. I see, you know." Bussy was doing well, was kind of getting talked about that way. Darden got, he's declaring for the draft. Uh, I think there's a path for me to the NFL at uh, North Texas. Yeah. I think that was probably his thinking. He's another six foot, 180 guy, uh, 180 pound guy. P5 talent, right? And um, I'm excited to see him in this offense, right? It, yeah, it, obvious P5 talent too. You know, it's not even like a, like a, Oh yeah, he could he could play with the big leagues, but no, no, this is obvious P five talent. He's getting recruited by him, and I think the biggest knock on him um, that I watched was the reason that that they probably want him to play defensive back is his route running. Uh, so so it might yeah. take some time to see him on the field for North Texas, um, and I wouldn't mind that. You know, if he can save his eligibility, give him that year to to redshirt to to learn it really well, and let him blow up the next year. Because uh, we've got enough depth behind, uh, and with a guy like um, oh, you just said it, um, Boyd Jackson, the guy from Glen College, yeah, yeah. Bryson Jackson. Uh, you know, a, a transfer coming in that can fill in any kind of void, that will allow us to to uh, let Caleb be able to learn the system, get better at route running. running. And we'll have a, a really awesome threat. And if he's patient with that, if he if he's okay with that, hopefully he he can be okay with with learning. Because playing receiver is hard, you know. And and the only guy that I have seen really start off um, the bat uh, has been Darden, and I believe uh, Mike Lawrence. Um, so it's it's not an easy thing to transition to from high school to to uh, college. So, but I'm excited for this guy. He looks he looks like the real deal. Yeah, the good news is right. Like this is more of a normal. Uh, excuse me, a normal year. We'll see a little bit more of like the normal time frame, the normal practice thing. And I think, you know, Johnson can get in there, get in with like the staff that's proven wide receiver development, you know, uh, a program and, and kind of get them along that thing. Uh, so it maybe won't take as long as it would somewhere else. Um, and, you know, I, I'm excited about the guy. The other dude, another guy, three star, got three, three star uh, wide receivers. Jalen Darden was a three-star receiver, and I think Jalen Guyton was a three-star recruit when he came to us, uh, but he was P5 talent because he went to Notre Dame, right? And then he transferred out of there. Is that what happened? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, yep. He went to uh, Tyler or something? Yeah. Can't uh, remember. Yeah. Uh, is Zylil McMillan, and I I got I to gotta credit uh, Mrs. Mean Green Nation over here because she was like, 
I will figure out how that how to pronounce that. She scoured some recruiting videos, and then I think his dad was like, "There he is, Zylo, right there." Um, so that's how you say his name, uh, Zylo McMillan, three star out of Frisco. Um, UAB offered him, Vandy offered him. Um, same kind of deal. Uh, same kind of deal. Same kind of dude. Uh, all you know, six foot, one eighty, uh, receiver kind of build. Uh, another guy I'm excited about uh, is this dude, Varquez Gums. Uh, he's a three-star dude, big tight end kind of guy. If you look at what Pirtle did, Pirtle was a receiver, transformed himself into a tight end. Uh, Varquez Gums is kind of really like tight end build, like just naturally. And uh, I think was he uh, – uh, no, it's a different guy. Uh, I think LSU offered him, right? There was, there was lots of chance for him, and I, I – if you like what Pirtle did, you know, in the bowl game, imagine this guy who's kind of built uh, a little bit more for the tight end spot. Won't have to like transition into it or, or get in a weight room to get in that spot. I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm excited about you know more tight end, more like variable kind of looks where you can do more things with the same personnel out there, like twelve, thirteen, whatever. Um, those are some guys that uh, on their offensive side. It was like Keith Jackson, the running back. We got a we got a lot of running backs. Um, I think Nick <laughs> we're, we're graduating. We're graduating quite a bit, right? Uh, Nick Smith, DeAndre Torrey are, are are graduating, but we got Attaway and uh, a couple of guys that haven't even seen the field uh, because of those guys doing so well. So what about Trey Siggers? Uh, I can't remember. I think he's. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't name. remember either. Um, but yeah, we're we're bringing it. I think. All right, so here's my take is that the the coaches now have a track record. They can say, you know, with the wide receivers, hey, look, look, you want 12 touchdowns. Look at the next guy. He's also got multiple touchdowns, not just like one or two. Yeah. There is opportunity here to be fed. There doesn't have to be one guy yeah. taking all the receptions, taking all the yardage. You can come here in here and dominate really easily uh, with your level of talent. And look. Our, our our quarterbacks may not have been great this year. We're having an off year, but still top ten offense in the nation. Like you're saying, MVP type stats when you combine both of their. So even with with quarterback problems, we're putting up these kinds of stats. Uh, you know this type of yardage, just the quantity. It the quality may not be great, but the quantity is there, and that is the you know it's it's a step in the right direction to bring in the talent that we need to kind of quote unquote write the ship and and it's a a they've the staff continues to bring in good talent to continue to have a high performing offense uh another note here i think we're seeing the results of the offensive line recruiting like that takes the longest you can get a receiver in and he like shows up right away a running back definitely and they can just turn around hand the ball everybody's a running back first in in football and then you figure out that either not that fast or not that shifty or whatever the case is you get beat out and you kind of find another position um you know you just think about when you're playing outside right you get the ball and you're like oh doing your barry sanders moves that's basically how it works uh so it's easy to kind of get a, re- a running back contribute immediately uh linemen that takes a while you have to develop them uh this current line has been one of the better ones if not the best that we've had at north texas we still can't get that short yardage you know push but uh i liked it nobody was getting sacked some of that was the offense 
um, a lot better. And uh, we got some other guys. Gabe Blair got him. Uh, uh, I forget where he went to school, to high school. But did he go to Bryan? Anyway, he's out of Denton. He they got him to stay home. Uh, Rayvon Crum out of Alabama. Uh, transfer Jacob Farrell. He uh, he came from OSU. So more talent coming in to I don't say replace, but to augment the existing line. You know, solid line we had this season. So. Just want to note that it's one of those things that it kind of goes under the radar. You only care about yeah. the offensive line when they're like giving up sacks. And 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 I think you know credit to the staff for for developing and and bringing in that talent. Um, you know, Antarius Gray. I, I always talk about running to the left because <laughs> uh, Antarius Gray's over there. He was a transfer from oh the Northeast School, uh, yeah, Virginia sure. Tech or something. Anyway, and then there was somebody else that we brought in as well that's behind Antarius Gray, and I'm blanking on his name. Uh, but but it looks awesome over there. Uh, you know, center and the right side has some issues, but but hey, it's it's still doing well. Great running, made Oscar Attaway look good in a lot of cases. Trey Sager's looking good. So yes, uh, on offense, at, at different paces, everything is improving. You know, yeah. it's 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 um, it makes me excited. It makes me happy. Uh, and then adding to the quarterback room is Bryce Drummond, right? Son of Reed Drummond, aka the Pioneer Woman. Uh, I had to. I was gonna tell my wife. I was like, "Why don't you maybe join the podcast one of these days so you can explain to everybody who the Pioneer Woman is?" <laughs> uh, so you know, we'll see what's up there. A lot of people like him. Um, I'm still a fan of you know Bean and you know Ani and uh, you know I I think will kind of be good there for the time being. Um, and uh, I, I think, I don't know what Bryce Trump, everybody like, likes his arm. They like, you know, his uh, his talent. He's 6'3", 205. He, he has a, a big arm. He, you know, he, he he's played in this system. Um, I don't know that he's going to start right away, right? He's not going to start day one. So I, I don't know how much to talk about him other than, you know, saying more talent in the QB room. And, I wasn't the the biggest fan of rotating the quarterbacks, but as we mentioned, the combined prowess of the quarterback room was basically better than anybody else had to offer, right? It was the best offense in the league by far. Uh, you said top 10 in the nation. Could score against mostly anybody, um, you know, except, uh, except, you know, UTSA for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh... – I like the pioneer woman. Uh, I think she's all right. Uh, if she if she has a, a a tailgate, I'm definitely gonna stop by and eat some of that food. Um, yeah. The 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 quarterback Bryce Drummond makes sense. Uh, at first, I was skeptical and I thought, "What are we doing? I mean, we just want money for you know <laughs> new uniforms or something." Yeah. But I watched this tape and I'm like, "Oh dang! Uh, yeah. He's actually pretty fun he's to watch." A yeah, um, he's a talent. Yeah. Yeah, and and it it matches what we've been bringing in, which is a, a mobile quarterback. You know, yeah. Ani uh, may not be as fast as Bean, but he still has legs. Yeah. Um, and he's got an arm. Uh, same guy, Bryce Drummond is, is this fits that mold of what we're trying to bring in a, a mobile quarterback. Quarterback, r- trying to run the the reads and and, and whatnot. So it it is not something far fetched. I, th- I think he'll he will work. Uh, obviously, I want him to wait too. I want everybody uh, to be able to develop, to have time. It's also a good sign that we don't have to plug in a freshman quarterback. Yeah. 
because things are, are, are looking up. Uh, so that's also uh, a reason that I would want him to to, to wait to start. Um, also, you know, there's also the new rule that that our players can play what four games in a season and still hold on to their red shirt. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how how what players show up in in some of these games. Yeah, I think everybody was concerned about like the defense, right? Um, and like what that looks like and. I think the short answer about the defense, right? They're like, do we get good guys or not? Is that we got some guys to fill some spots, but we missed out. Uh, you know, we basically got like our third, fourth, maybe fifth choice in in, a, in some of these, and, and that's kind of what happens. If you look at the offense and you say uh, they found diamonds in the rough, guys that could play, fit the system, and execute and, and, and do well, and then they started augmenting that with guys that were talented and then could do those things, right? Um, and I think Jalen Darden was an example of that. He came in. He was a three-star dude. Um, I liked him as, you know, I saw the table. This is a shifty dude. He's going to do a whole lot. Um, I think we all kind of expected Deion Hare Griffin to be doing a little bit of the Jalen Darden type stuff. But I guess, you know, like for every Ogan Macon, Deontay Simpson, there was like a Greg White. For every Darden, there was like a Hare Griffin who was like, he has speed. He has it like the tools, but he hadn't really shown it. Uh, you know, Hair Griffin's been like the dude on like special teams or whatever, but hasn't been the receiver that we kind of hoped he would be. Yeah. Um. But but so like uh, you know like, but we got a Darden right, and Darden turns out to be the best statistical receiver in North Texas history. Uh, and now we're adding a little bit more, right? You basically just the starting point gets a little higher and higher, and then you're like, this is gonna be amazing. Um, on defense, not so much, right? We're going, we're finding guys that fit a system, I guess. Uh, maybe, you know, like we already talked about the defense. I don't want to, I don't want to hammer them anymore. Except mostly I just don't want to think about, but, um, yeah. And we're plugging needs too. I mean, we, we've got two defensive linemen. I'm, I'm looking at this list, uh, that are nearing 300 pounds, uh, three defensive linemen that are there are nearing 300 pounds. So it's, they have, they know that they need to um, fill, especially along the defensive line, get more meat in there. And they're looking to address that, that issue. Yeah. Trent Ward, Calvin Hutchings. And when I wrote this guy, I saw Kevin Green. I was like, yeah, it's like the Kevin Green that, uh, that played for the Steelers and the Panthers way back when the one who passed, he hadn't passed when the recruiting thing happened. Uh, but these are like, you know, uh, was it the other guy? Uh, Fehi Vallejo. Fehi. Uh, like you said, a lot of beef, 265, 298, 280, 290. Those are the listed weights, um, on the, uh, North Texas side, not necessarily the ones on like 24-7 or something like that. Uh, was it Vallejo had Charlotte, Idaho, Nevada, basically our level of dude, um, Kevin Green had a limited recruiting profile, not a whole lot there. Uh, Hutchings was recruited by, you know, Louisiana, you know, top 25 team. Troy, decent program that's kind of fell off now that Troy Brown left. And UIW, which is uh, an FCS school, so you're like, ah, I don't know what's there. Trent Ward, a lot of FCS, low G5 programs, you know. You have to find somebody yeah, that's going to be a stout dude, and do, that's where these guys are. Hopefully you find somebody out of this. We needed some depth as well, and yeah, not only are they big, you know, in in weight, but they're also tall. We're not talking about a Bryce English that is, 
that fell to us at 300 pounds because he's 5'11. Yeah. He's th- these guys are are tall, six three, six four, six two. So so that's a that's a good sign as well. Yeah, a couple of linebackers: Chris White, six three, two twenty; Willie Simmons, six two, two zero eight. Basically, that linebacker mode mold that we were kind of aiming for. I think Chris White played defensive end, but he's like projected as a linebacker. But I mean, he's probably going to do a little bit of both, you know, just depending on his talent in our system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think here's where everybody's, you know. Like excited about the defensive backs. Harold West looks pretty good. He's a safety, uh, like six one one ninety. Robert Johnson six one one ninety. Kind of like the same thing. He had a solid G five recruiting list. Um, we got a transfer. Logan Wilson. Uh, he was the three star dude. He played at Kansas State. Transferred to ULM, but that fell through right after COVID. Um, and so, you know, uh, Brett Vito had an interview with him, and the recruiting pitch to him was like, yeah, you can play all three positions, right? Corner, safety, uh, and then, like, free safety, right? So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, I, ke- I think you keep talking about being good fits for the system. And, you know, if we're running a three-three-five, that doesn't mean we're always going to be running three linemen, three linebackers. And five defensive backs. You know, uh, it's a very hybrid type system where where some of those guys can be switched to adding another defensive lineman or another uh, uh, pass rusher uh, for the linebackers, or you know, in a you know pass happy conference that we are, you know, plenty of defensive backs and and hybrid safeties out there to be able to attack and blitz and stuff. So um, we we continue to recruit well. Uh, what is it? Number two in the conference? Number three in the conference? I think we were number three, and that's kind of where we ended. Yeah. So, so we're doing we're doing the right things. We're bringing in, we're doing and saying the right things, and proving that that hey, if you come here, you'll put up stats or have an opportunity to play pretty quickly. Yeah, I think that's the pitch. I, just a note for everybody that's uh, um, kind of been saying this they're like oh we got to get rid of this three three five it hasn't worked it doesn't work um we had a four three defense right john scladani had a four three his i was at 2012 the defense was giving up a lot of pass you know uh they were just getting beat right we'll just say it that way 2013 it coalesced uh they got talent in right marcus trice uh did well who else was on the team will wright aaron bellison you know zach or zach or yeah, kenny byers at corner a lot of really good dudes out there, and they did a lot of good things. Uh, but they played that little too deep shell. Um, you know, they kept everything in front of them, and they were all really good tacklers. Uh, but the the real thrust of the defense was the front line was Aaron Bellazin. Uh, I can't remember everybody's name anymore. Uh, the big guy, Attenberry, uh, Fortenberry, something yeah. like that. Yeah, all those dudes. They they created pressure. They got to the quarterback. They made things happen. Right. I re-linked to that one, uh, that Halloween Rice one that we did. I, I looked at the run defense. Rice came in as a good rush defense, a rush offense, and we shut them down, right? You could see guys shedding blocks, get into the backfield, wreaking havoc, stuff that North Texas doesn't do right now. Um, and the thing to note, right, is that, like, you have a four-down lineman system. It's not that different than a three-down lineman system. Like, generally speaking, I'm being general, uh, and a four-down lineman system, like a 4-3 or a 4-2-5, you have uh, like a stout end, like a bigger end, uh, an interior defensive lineman, and then like a nose, nose tackle. Uh, you know, he's like the big, you know, when they say the war daddy, just whatever you want to call him, right? He's the big dude, the Warren Sap, whatever. Um, that guy. 
And his name was the guy that I was thinking of, Richard Abbey, six four three twenty. There you go. And then you have like a lighter rush end, right? That's pretty much how it's always been, right? That rush end was like, uh, I mean, like Bruce Smith, you know, he was uh, that kind of guy. Brandon McCoy, Sarge McCoy. Yeah, you just listen more people. Uh, so th- that's ba- that's basically how that works, right? In a three three four, right? You typically have basically you double up those inside guys. You basically have three defensive tackles, right? A big guy, the the, the monster in the middle, Warren Sapp kind of dude. Uh, even though Warren Sapp made his living playing in a four three defense, uh, but you get like the big guy, um, like the dude from the Patriots, right? That did it for a long time. Um, and then you have kind of two outside ends that are once kind of a rush in and once like the the pass rush dude. And then you have like a jack or a star or whatever you want to call him, right? But it's basically somebody that that is your pass rush. Dude, right? It's like a Bruce Smith, a Kevin Green, uh, you know, who passed away. That guy is like your Russian. He's basically the same guy. Um, and then you mix and match them, right? In like, you know, back when everybody would huddle, you're like, okay, they're coming out in this personnel. Instead of you, I'm going to bring in this guy. He's going to be lighter or heavier or whatever, better at this aspect of the game based on what the coverage or the situation looks like. The thing is, in modern football, you can't just go – Hey, it's third and long. Let's get our third and long package in. Let's get our nickel uh, look out there. Uh, you need to have – it's like base nickel, and you need to be able to play, you know, the run, the pass, anything with your whatever personnel you have. And that's where, like, the four two five came in. Also because, like, at TCU, uh, uh, Gary Patterson couldn't find gigantic monsters in the middle. He had to find, you know, whatever he could find. He's like – you're a safety in, in, in uh, high school. Now you're a linebacker in my system. You're a linebacker. Now you're a lineman. You know what I mean? Like that's basically how he was kind of doing it. It has been successful. You can have success with lighter guys, um, with a um, a lighter system. 335 came to the same thing. Uh, was it uh, the classic middle linebacker, Brian Erlacher, right? In a, in a 4-3 system played linebacker in a three three five, right? At was it New Mexico State or whatever it was. Uh you're, it you're aging yourself right now. Me? You talk about Vince Wilfork and <laughs> Brian I mean, Erlacher. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, these are just the ones I have in my head, right? They haven't, they haven't <laughs> yeah. Um but my point is like these are the dudes that play, right? Uh that are good and a good player can fit in any system. It doesn't really matter, right? It's about unleashing them or opening it up to them. Um, well, and it's good. Not it's not just that, but it's the guys that we can bring in to the, convince them to come to UNT. We're not going to convince the Vince Wilfork types, yeah, to come to UNT. Yeah, you know, Richard Richard Abbey. He's six four three twenty. That's a that's a P five level dude right there. I don't know how we got him. Well, that's the thing about it is like we got you can develop them right. Like there's a lot of dudes that you can get that go straight to Alabama. It's like oh, this guy's a freshman. And he's a monster, right? Just, you know, right out the gate. The other guys, you got to develop them, right? Like, even like a Brian Erlacher, right? He's at New Mexico. He, he turned into what he turned into. Uh, you can get guys. You can get talent. It just means either they're going to be a little undersized or you have to develop them into the monster, right, that they're going to be. Like, like I just mentioned, a lot of those dudes on that North Texas team in 2013 were juniors and seniors, and they came up. They had to learn the system. They had to get good, and then they're they're fully formed selves. Uh, they were great, right, at that level. 
the next year we we dropped off same system same coach same kind of deal uh all of a sudden nobody was uh looking so good the defense was giving up yards because we couldn't get that same pass rush because we lost i think abby and, and mccoy and some of those same guys um we needed to redevelop them so it's not just the system right you, where they line up we play a lot of four down dudes right we've have for four years it's been like a four two five basically um you can call it three three five four two five like the jack the Jack uh, that we had, what's the dude's name? Wheeler, right? He, he came in to do Wheeler, that. yeah. He's basically a rush end. There's not a whole lot of difference between him and then if you look up and down the rosters and anybody plays a 4-2-5 in this league, uh, they call it like a wolf or a, a bandit or, or, or whatever. A rover or whatever. Yeah, whatever they call it. It ends up being that same position. If you look at their size, right, oh, they're like 6'3", 220. Uh, you know, they're long. Um, you know, they're pass rushing ends. Well, that's the same dude that we had, right? We're trying to fit our guys into that position. And whether they're successful or not is something different. Um, whatever. So everybody's complaining about, like, well, we can't do it with this 3-3-5. You know, we don't always have three guys uh, along the line. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. They're, a lot of times, they're getting beat by the guy that's blocking them. It's not like, like a double team on them half the time. It's man on man, they're getting beat, right? Our nose tackle is getting eaten up by the center and getting displaced. Our end is getting eaten up by the by the tackle, getting displaced. The guard stepping up, hitting the linebacker. Now it's open run lane. Like you can stop that, right? You can get in there, you can crash it down. Twenty thirteen North Texas defense did that. In twenty was it twenty seventeen? Our defense did a better job of doing that, right? Uh, you know. Last year at times, Deion Noville was kind of doing that against Rice, against, uh, uh, who was it, Middle Tennessee. Our defense was doing that, right? We were getting into the backfield, making plays. And against <laughs> against Appalachian State, we were not making plays. Sometimes it's just about doing what you're doing, right? We're not playing the three three five very well. It doesn't matter if we're like, – let's play a different system that we won't do well. We can play lots of systems poorly. We can line up and whatever, and we'll play them poorly. The thing is, doing whatever we're doing well, we haven't even done that yet. Yeah, you got to coach them up. Yeah. That's basically it. That, that's that just been bothering me a little bit. Everybody's like, well, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> you what? needed to get that off your chest? Yeah, I mean, because I understand it. Like, it, it just, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, everybody, I understand what, what, what makes it seem like, hey, well, we're doing this offense. Maybe we should do a different offense, right? Hey, we're doing this defense. Maybe we should do a different defense. I think that kind of thing is, you know, short sighted. Now, well, I mean, it's just, it's like what? Yeah, I think just the, the longer answer to it is that it's a more complicated than that, right? Um, defensively, I'm looking at it, and you know, what everybody's saying, like people that know more than me, they're like, guys are out of position. Guys are not reacting fast enough. Um, to my eyes, right? You know, I I didn't play major college football. I don't know. Um, but to my eyes, it looks like guys are out of position and they look a little confused, right? And we talked about this. It, on offense, you have the benefit of knowing what the play, where the play is going to go, right? Like, I know when I snap the ball, I'm going to fire off to the right and we're going to sprint that way. On defense, you're like, okay, I need to react. Like, sure, I can maybe attack, step forward, but you're also reacting. Like, uh, even the lineman, right? You're like, if I move forward and this guy's going at my knees, I know that this happens, and I know it's probably this play. I need to stop my feet, move, whatever. Like, a lot of stuff is happening, but you're 
reacting, right? Even in the corners, you're like, if he's if his, if his um if his route starts coming vertical, I start turn this way, I start running with him. If he breaks down, I need to read what's happening with two or whatever, right? All those keys are that you're reading means that you're reading something that's happening already, and you're sort of anticipating something like I'm gonna play deep third, so I'm gonna guard here. But if anything happens there, then I'll step up. You need to be fast, right? So the defenders need to be quicker than the offenders because you're reacting, right? You have to make up that little gap. So if you're thinking, right, you're like, okay, what do I need to do right here? Then that's one second that you're not reacting quick enough. If you're confused, that's half a second that you're not reacting quick enough, right? Or if you're really confused and you're just in the wrong spot, <laughs> then the guy's wide open, right? We saw that ever since. Yeah. If you can't identify where your where your gap is when the line is moving on a run play or something, yeah. then then you're in trouble. If you're shooting the the wrong gap or or you're shooting the gap way too early, yeah. then then the play's done. The the guy's behind you. Um, and yeah, you make a good point on on yeah the cornerbacks are reacting. You know they're reading a lot of stuff. The receiver comes off off the line of scrimmage. They're reading their steps. What kind? What what was their first step? What are their first five steps that they're taking? What kind of steps? What is their head doing? Are they down low? Um, what are their hands doing? Are they fighting? Uh, are you, what kind of leverage are you giving? Making them go inside? Are they taking the outside? So it, there there's a lot of things that they're reacting to instantly, and if you don't have the the reps for it or just aren't fast enough to take it through and reacting to those identifying and reacting it's going to be a long day yeah i think one one story i keep coming to uh that i think they were saying like when like usc and florida or whoever it was playing alabama to start the season like one of these uh like at&t kickoff classic or whatever they call them right i think michigan was getting beat this bad uh they were saying that the michigan dudes the defenders were telling the guys they're like you missed you're if I'm here, you're supposed to cut in. Like you, you, you ran your route too deep. You're supposed to run shallow. And the guy's like, uh, he's right. <laughs> I mean, I did run <laughs> it wrong. And so that's why Alabama is good. It's not necessarily because they have a great idea for defending it. It's because they know exactly what they're supposed to do, and they know what you're supposed to do, right? So they're lining up, and they're like, okay, based on this formation, they're running. You know, whatever. Just say, you know. Uh, a quick out so they're like on a quick out i'm going to defend this way so they're they're already they made up that gap and maybe even stepped over it because they know what the play is going to be right so they can maybe bait you and say oh he's wide open no he's not interception right um that's the next level of defense that's how you be a great defense um we're not there we're like i wonder what this play is going to be yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah i mean and like i like i've mentioned in the super secret chat that you know, I'm sitting there on the couch or on Twitter. I talked about this that I'm like, I can, I'm watching the play develop and I'm calling out the plays. Oh, sure, it's left, run to the left. Oh, wait, wait, the guy's going in motion. This is going to happen. Oh, this is going to be a pass to the left. And Amy's just sitting there next to me going, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, um, and it's, if I can identify it, the def- defense can identify it. But again, it's like you had mentioned, it's all about execution. If the defense can execute, can't execute, and defend that play, then it doesn't matter if they can identify it, you know. And and it's it's just frustrating. We keep looping back to the defense, and I don't want to talk about defense anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, but, I mean, but, I think it's important to do it. We can, we can close it out with that, that the defense is the glaring weakness on this team right now. Uh, 
people were worried about that, uh, about Seth Luttrell. Like, where Where is he going to be? Is he going to have another season? I can say he's going to be the coach next year. Uh, is Clint Bowen going to be the coach? I don't know. Um, you know, should he be the coach? Uh, put me in the no side, but I can see the logic in keeping him around. And whatever, you know, happens, what needs to happen is that the defense needs to improve. They are the worst in the nation, right? Worst in the conference. They need to be middle of the pack of the conference. If you just want like a, you know, a ballpark, how, are we doing good? That's where they need to be. You can have a weak aspect of your team, right? UAB has been 10th, 9th, 10th, whatever it is, in passing offense last four years in the, in the conference. They've also won two titles and won the division three times, right? Why? Because they have the best defense. Their defense has been like uh, in top two or three in all of those, cat- uh, you know, four years total defense. Um, their uh, run game has been, you know, top of the league. They run the ball, they play defense, and then they try to make it work passing the ball. But, you know, if you watch the conference championship game, they won the game because they executed in their weak areas, right? The guy hit a couple of, you know, kind of fluky long touchdown passes. But that's all you need, right? If you're like, we can do all these other things. We're going to play defense. We're going to run the ball. You know, hopefully we get some luck in a pass game. That's how you can win some conference championships. And you maybe criticize them and say, well, they have a P, you know, P5 team. Whatever. They got two league titles. We have zero, right? Um, so we say, you know what? Our offense is going to score points. We're going to run the ball. We're going to, you know, get big plays. Pick one thing to stop. Say, we're going to stop the run, and we're going to be a little iffy passing the, passing the ball. Or say, you know what? We're going to shut down the pass, but we're going to be like a bend but, but don't break rush defense, right? You're going to get like five yards a pop, but in the red zone, that's what will stop you or something like that. I can live with that, right? As long as you can say, you know, hey, maybe we get fortunate and get a lucky whatever. To me, that was kind of the philosophy with the refit hire, that we're going to be aggressive, we're going to try to go for sacks and interceptions. And when it happened, we were like middle of the pack, and then we hadn't trailed in any game right for more than like 20 minutes all the way up until I think it was like the UAB game or something like that. That's good. That's competing. Yeah, I'm happy with that. And with the analytics, if you were breaking down first, second, third downs, you know, first and second down, there we had some elite-level yeah, uh, stats there on on stopping runs, stopping this and that. Uh, obviously, it's the, the third down was the death knell for Refit's tenure here. Uh, but still, you know, we were not the worst. We were not top one hundred worst. Right. We were maybe I think eightieth or something like that. And to me, that seems like you just need a tweak, right? Get a guy that can rush the passer, passer, right? Find a cornerback. Find a couple of cornerbacks. Find some linebackers that are going to be great in pass coverage. I don't know. It just seems like you just got to be better on th- – like, hey, third and longs, we got to get better. That seems great. That's a great situation to be in, right? We already got first down on lock. We got second down on lock. We just need one down. You know, give me a paper and pencil. Let's let's figure it out. Let's scheme it up. Maybe it's our calls. Maybe it's this. Maybe we need to cheat better. Maybe we need to see their play calls and spy on the sideline. Maybe get better binoculars so we know what play calls coming. I don't know. It seems solvable, but to say, all right, now, nah, dude, get out of here. We're going to get this other guy in here, and now we're going to be terrible on first down, terrible on second down. We don't even get to third downs. That's how we solve third downs is that we don't even get there, right? <laughs> so problem solved. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That was a great hire. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 500 yards rushing. 
can't happen, man. Like, on any game, whether it's the bowl game or a scrimmage game. Yeah, in a regulation game, jeez. Uh, like what to me? All right, uh, to me, I was like, I was cool with them firing um, Dan McCartney at halftime of that FCS game because I think that is a fireable offense. Like, dude, you're just getting get some embarrassed against an SES squad. Not not even just losing, but just getting stomped. Like, you shouldn't even be on the same field with them. Um, so, to me, getting, you know, 500 yards run up on you like that, that's kind of like, all right, man, here's your pink slip. You know, I went ahead and packed your bags for you, right? You know, I rented you a U-Haul. You can take it wherever you Yeah. This U-Haul Mul- will take you wherever you want to go. <laughs> multiple record-breaking games for opposing uh, offenses. Um I mean, and it's not just the losing, but but I think some of the stuff you were applying that that has been creeping up, that you you're trying to build this culture. Uh, I don't want to say this pure culture, but this but this culture of of respect and accountability and stuff, and and you're yeah. not asking that of your coaches, then then that will start to, you know, question. I mean, by you being the head coach, Seth Luttrell, start questioning your. Uh, commitment uh, or is there any hypocrisy there? Are you overlooking some things with your coaches? And and that's going to be something that's going to be under more scrutiny, not by other people, but by the players themselves. So you're asking me to do all these things and you're not asking that of the coach. What's the deal? I mean, that, that makes sense. I think, um, so Seth Luttrell famously, right? Turned down Kansas state job because they didn't let him have, all the control he wanted over his staff, right? And then he comes back and he hires two. Well, he hires an offensive coordinator that he immediately fires. He fires the def- his longtime defensive coordinator. And then he hires a defensive coordinator who has produced the worst defense in the nation. I think maybe Kansas State was right <laughs> in that one and that little aspect of it. Uh, and, you know, whatever. I saw that. I, I think Bill Clark, UAB's dude, turned down. Auburn for a similar reason he wanted to bring a lot of the same dudes or, or have control over it and they were like mm. um, so we'll see what happens um, next year you know UAB is still going to be good they still get talent over there uh, Louisiana Tech is always good and uh, you know they always find some talent they have, they're have they well coached um, Southern Miss I think should be better they're not going to be as terrible but they beat us this year we didn't give it even get the advantage of that UTEP is probably going to be terrible uh, UTSA is in a better spot, but I think it's going to be year two of the Jeff Trailer era, so there's going to not going to be any shine or the the feel good feelings, and we'll see how he is as a coach, right? Uh, if you want a comparable, like, well, how do I know? Western Kentucky, they hired that new dude. You remember we talked to him, and he was kind of like, "Yeah, hey, we might we might suck this year." <laughs> they turned out to not be that bad, and then this year they're they're bad again, right? Like worse. Their offense was terrible. So I, I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of that. You get the bump, and then you kind of fall down a little bit. I don't know what Jeff Trailer is like as a coach. Um, I thought they were a little bit fortunate sometimes this season. I thought, like, was it uh, Rice could have beat them. Texas State probably should have beat them. Uh, they were right there, but that could go either way, right? They could have been the almost, and then now they're going to be really good. North Texas was like that. We had those iffy games and then turned into wins. Um, you know, so – my point in all that is that it's going to be a tough division next season, and the great thing is we have the best offense, but we also have the worst defense. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to 
see uh, a more because I mean the West has sucked pretty bad for a little bit. Um, you know, glad to see UTSA. And I probably shouldn't finish the sentence, but glad to see uh, UTSA hiring a guy like Trailer that was able to turn the Wilson recruits uh, into a really good team. Yeah, uh, coaching makes a difference. Latrell did that with with the McCarney recruits. Yeah, and and so and Trailer himself is a great great recruiter too. There's so there's not, not going to be any any drop in that. So Latrell is is, is going to need to keep up there. Um, um, blanking on the Rice coach's name, doing a great job there. It's taking Mike some time. Bloomgren, yeah, Bloomgren, that's right. Yeah. Taking some time, but he's bringing in uh, awesome uh, offensive line there and and some good talent there. Yeah, I like the quarterback Giovanni Johnson was like he was picking apart the UAB defense there for a while. They mm-hmm. beat Rice twenty to nothing, right? East champ, they whooped them in their own stadium, twenty to nothing. Uh, and some of that was like self harm, but. Whatever they they went over there and they took care of business, and then they they were competing with UAB, the West Division champ. I think if you're Rice and you go into next year, you say that look, Marshall and UAB played in the conference title game, right? We whooped up on Marshall, and we were hanging with UAB until the fourth quarter, until our quarterback went out, and we had a shot at them. You feel real good about that, right? Like the best that this league has to offer, we were right there with them. Uh, UTSA finished second in the division. We were right there with them. Or they didn't play, right? They didn't play that game. That's the one I'm. Missing. No, I yeah. think that's the one that you can. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can you can write off the the kind of weird Middle Tennessee loss, and then you can even say, uh, like the UNT game got away from them. My point is that Rice is going to be good. Yeah, like they're building. They're finally getting the the you know like the fruits of their labor. They they had to get those linemen. Like I said, it takes a while to build up that line, but they have a run game. They know what they want to do, and now they're finding guys that can do it, and that's a little scary. Yeah, and and you want it for the good of the conference. You want a healthy conference where you're. It's not just Marshall, and then oh hey you be surprised us. It, it's got to be a multitude of of good. Uh, Football teams that that dare, you don't go. Dare oh, I say it like the Sun Belt. <laughs> Louisiana, uh-huh. Coastal Carolina, both ranked, and App State was ranked for a while. Like I think, yeah, that w- it makes me so sad. <laughs> it could be that North Texas was just holding the Sun Belt back, right? Like, get rid of the FIU's, FAU's, North Texas, Middle Tennessee, West Kentucky, and be the conference that we could have always been. Said the Sun Belt guys. I mean, it is true they are. That league is better than this league right now. It, it is for sure, um, but you know you always have that asterisk. But they're a fun league to watch. Sun Belt is a better league, but asterisk—they're a fun league. That's all it is. Uh, so you don't want that tied to you. And Conference USA doesn't have that tied to them. It's just hey, they're pretty bad. Is all that's tied to them? Yeah, I mean there are some bad teams in the Sun Belt, and there have been right. Like Texas State was bad for a while, and so everybody gets to beat up on you know pad their stats with with a Texas State game. Here it's been like Rice and then UTEP for a little bit. North Texas was that team for a while. Uh, UTSA was bad last year. You're right. A lot of the really bad teams are in the West. And, I mean, you'd like to see UTEP step up. Um, and, you know, whatever happens in the, in the like, West division, we kind of all beat each other up. Like A couple years ago, Southern Miss, North Texas, Louisiana Tech, and even UAB were all pretty good. Right, like Southern Miss, I think they can always rebuild pretty quickly. They got Frank Gore. They're they're really talented. They they're always they always are. Right, they got the pieces. Yeah, I mean, like half their team or whatever plays on the Forty ers 
Um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they they're good. Like, Quez Watkins was there. Corey Robinson. Um, was it the Nick Mullins? Um, I think the running back dude, right? What's his name? Uh, I can't remember. His name of the judge. Ito, Ito Smith. Oh, Ito Smith was the Falcons. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, yeah, my point is that there's a lot of talent, and I, I agree with you. I think uh, it's gonna be tough. Good for the conference. All that other good stuff. It's gonna be tough next year. We need a defense. I was looking at Don Brown. He got fired from Michigan. I, I mean, he can he can make us the 56 ranked uh, defense over here. I think that's what he <laughs> did. I totally agree. I was gonna say something similar. If it could, if it could just be like the hundred twenty eighth or the hundred twenty seventh, it would be improvement. Yeah, I mean, if he got us out of the triple digits, you know, all of a sudden we are, you know, eight win team. You know what I mean? Extend them. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, you're right. That that's all it, it would take. <laughs> our our defense held us back so much that it caused a lot of those losses. And I and that was my I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the season I, I was really worried about the defense and not for the reasons that it turned out. Um, but but it's it was what I believe would would give us only three wins, and um, so we overachieved with four <laughs> wins, but but it could have. As as well, you know, quote unquote, well as our offense performed, it was up and down for sure. But but it could have won out more games if our defense held out more. Uh, yeah, I think uh, as we wrap it up, um, before the season, I was a little bit more bullish because I thought, again, we saw I saw in twenty twelve the defense kind of struggle in some aspects and then coalesce in twenty thirteen, and I was like, that's gonna be what we're gonna see again. Um, we saw that again in 2016, 2017, or 2017, 2018. I forget what year. But basically, going into it, we're like, I don't know about EJ Ajia. I don't know about Brandon Garner. Can they be the guys? Can they develop? Are we going to have to recruit some dudes? What's the deal with those guys? And they turned out to be, you know, the leaders of the defense. We're like, okay. They coalesced. It turns into a really good defense. And so I figured, hey, what we saw last year, Katie Davis, Tyreek Davis leading the defense at the linebacker spots. We had weaknesses at corner or whatever. But I was like, we could, we're just a couple guys away, and we just be that team, just kind of step up, turn into something great, right? Like, that's it. They were just coalesce again. Um, I expected a better defense because of that. A lot of the same guys, um, you know, coming back. So that's what I expected. They were awful. They were completely terrible. I thought the the struggle fest would happen on offense as we figured out Bean or Ani or what that was going to be like, and it turns out that was the most consistent portion of it, uh, which you know is surprising. There, uh, I, I was just I completely whiffed on the defense, but I think a lot of that was that I don't know anybody saw us going from a bad defense to the most bad defense. You know. Yeah, that caught everybody by surprise. I, don't, I mean, I, and I don't think anybody would expect that expect that out of their team, uh, period. But yeah, it it was completely out of left field, completely surprising. Um, <laughs> I was trying to throw other uh, mix some more metaphors in there, but uh, ran out of sports. So, um, all right. So that's basically bu- puts a button on the football season, right? No more no more recruiting talk. Well, there's one more. There's February 1. I think that's going to be whatever's left, whatever's available, it's going to go toward the defense. Unless they find, like, you know, hey, Trey Sermon says he wants to transfer to North Texas. They're like, yes. Well, and, and you you bring up a good point because 
you know, usually we're all wrapped up. Maybe we'll have one 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 uh, spot left for the second recruiting day. Um, but I think we've got a little bit more left, right? Uh, yeah, there's like uh, I, I forget the exact number, but there's a handful left, and uh, they were saying like three or four. At, yeah, they they were looking out for that. I think they want to leave some open for the transfer market uh, because they basically everybody gets to transfer right now. Yeah, and so it'll be fun to watch, interesting to see what they do, what kind of moves, and what, who they can attract from the through the transfer portal. Yeah, so that'll be the next thing to look out for. But uh, they have a whole off season to develop, get better. Defense comes back. Jason Bean or Ani or whoever is going to be Bryce Drummond, Casey Martin, who knows? They're all going to be there doing their thing. Um, rough estimate is that the offense will look similar. Uh, maybe we got to find a running back. I like Oscar Attaway, but he's always kind of injured, it seems. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to figure out the defense, which is the, the glaring problem. Is that about it? Yeah, that about sums it up. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the Mingry Nation podcast. You can find Aldo at, uh, what is it, uh, Nerdy Golfers on Instagram and Aldo Vina on Twitter. Is that right? Got it right? That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, you find me on the internet. Uh, sign up for a membership so we can kind of keep doing this. Uh, I can pay for server costs and associated costs like that. It's going to be a little bit more of a normal year next year, I think. Um, so, you know, I think more podcasts, more of the things that we see before where we send like a photographer here and there, just kind of good stuff. Uh, you know, we have a little extra money. That's it. Go Ming Green. Go Ming Green.